Hello, I'm Damon, and this is Black Nerd Radio. Um, it's just me today. I super screwed up, and um, <sighs> uh, a little inside baseball. Evan and I try to record. Uh, we generally try to record on our days off, and since we're in opposites, you know, we're we're we're. I don't know, about a 30-minute drive away from each other, so we do it remotely for the most part. But if we don't happen to get it done during our day off, days off, we have to do it during the work week and on his lunch break. So he'll call and then we'll do a remote, a remote podcast that way. But his lunch is, runs a little late in the day for me because I work nights, he works banker's hours, and I fell asleep <laughs> when we were supposed to record. So I didn't wake up until well after it was just about time for him to call it a, uh, a lunch, the end of the lunch. So, you know, these things happen. So uh, it's a solo show. I don't want you guys to go another week without a show. So um, I'm just going to talk about what I've been watching, uh, do a review of uh, the creator. I saw the creator. Um, I also, our segment, uh, the horror corner that I'm doing with Audra, we have a movie of the week and then it'll be a little bit of a shorter show. Sorry, but I promise I will make up for it next week. Um, so, uh, what I've been watching, oh, is, um, I've watched the latest episode of Gen V. You know, Gen V, I really really like that show. I mean, it is so, it's like the boys, but it's, I've said it before. It has like such a fast pace. I, that's what I love about it is that there's a lot of interesting characters. There's not one character I don't like. And, and it's still kind of a mystery. We know there's a bad guy or bad guys, but we haven't really, we don't know their true motivation yet or how they're doing it completely it's it's just a very good show it's very i think i may actually enjoy gen v a little bit more than the boys uh if you like the boys you will absolutely like gen z gen v a strong recommend another show um that i'm kind of late to the party on but i really i'm starting to really get into because i've heard it was pretty good uh in the past but uh the bear it's on Hulu. It's basically this is young chef who's kind of like this prodigy guy, and he went to this really good cooking school. And uh, he uh, his brother dies, and he's like, you know, he's like a top tier chef, worked in some of the most, you know, uh, renowned restaurants, and now he's going back to after his brother died. His brother left him there his little Chicago-run family sandwich shop. So he's going, he's, he's taking it over. And, you know, it's like it, the, the drama, and it's really good. I mean, it's like, uh show's been out, uh, it's had a couple seasons already. And uh, so I'm kind of late to the party, but it's, I really like it. It's just like his butting heads with all the people that work there. They, you know, they all have a chip on their shoulder. They think he thinks they're too good for them and, and vice versa. He thinks he's better than what they're. He can, you know, they can make it better than what they're doing. But what's really crazy about it is, like the kitchen, 
work I worked in restaurants for many years when I was younger and it has like you can tell the people that put the show together worked in the kitchen before cuz it's the, they have like the chaos and the way people are and the fighting the infighting it is so real <laughs> it's such like a real feel to it uh but I've, it's a fucking really good show. I really, really like it. Like I've said this before in the past, but TV is so is just it's it used to be the other way around. Movies is where you want it to be in Hollywood, and and that still is the case to some extent. But really, TV is where it's at, where you can develop these characters over time, really get into a good story that goes on for weeks or months. It's just really damn good show. Anyway. Um, another one that um, I've been catching up on, <sighs> well, it, we're at the, I talked about Gen V, talked about the bear, I guess I should just address the, the bear in the room and talk about the last episode of um, Ahsoka. Okay. Now, if you've been listening to the show for the last few weeks, I liked it, but I thought it had some definite problems. It really, every episode felt like it was stretching things, real airy, just stretching stuff. It, seemed, it almost seemed like they were getting paid by the minute, the way they would drag out certain things. And I'm not just talking about, like, storylines. I'm just talking about, like, just like, like in the very first episode, there's a scene where where um Ahsoka is looking for she has like this map globe ending and it like projects a map of where they think Thrawn may be or where Ezra may be and uh, every single she has like these three pillars that she's trying to use to to get this map up and in real time, it shows her going from shows her going from pier to pier, setting it up. I, I've record, I watched it twice. That sequence could have been done with a quick 15, 30 second edit, so you get the idea of what she's doing. It goes on for six minutes. Six fucking minutes and the whole show is like that and uh, it's so that shit drives me up a wall that's what i can't stand and also honestly i i go back to this i mean the whole point of the show they want to draw in new new people who aren't necessarily steeped in star wars i mean they don't want to just appeal to you know, you have to write that fine line that, like, even Marvel did, did, does. Uh, they their storylines are they're easy to follow. You don't have to read the comics to know what's going on. If you read the comics, it helps. There's little Easter eggs for those people, but it doesn't change what you're watching. This show, I have I've watched next to no Rebels, and I was only a passive watcher of of uh, Clone Wars 
And if I had not read some of the books that they're basing this on, they're most most particularly they're basing this show on uh, on uh, Heir to the Empire. Uh, you don't know who these people are or why you should fucking care. Uh, you know, you wouldn't really know what a major threat Thrawn is. Uh, you wouldn't know who Ahsoka is. You wouldn't know that Ezra, who he was and who, what's her face, Sabine, and why she's so obsessed with finding Ezra to the point to where she's willing to, which is a fucking stupid, lazy plot point I really hate. She's willing, it makes, it doesn't make her likable that she's willing to just to find Ezra, the, her friend, who she probably has the hots for, she is willing to jeopardize an entire galaxy of people, billions of people. People, she put their she put their lives, she gambled their lives on the hopes that she could find her one friend. And this show, this show, it just it just angers me. It's just not. It's, I'm just gonna say it. It's not great. It's not bad, but it's not great. And it really alienates their audience by not giving you reasons to give a shit about any of these characters that you may not know anything about. And what's crazy is that when they, they're going to probably do a season two, but they're definitely doing a movie based off of the events of this show. They've said that. But why would you give a shit to go to a theater... If you don't really know who these people are, and honestly, Rosario Dawson's awesome. Everybody, even the the character I hate, they do a good job acting. But there's, they all seem kind of, I don't want to say aloof, but they kind of seem bored with the material. And some stuff that we know in Star Wars canon, they just kind of, eh. Okay, like for instance. Uh, they're they're in a gun they're in a dogfight with some of the ships, and I forget the girl's name. Uh, I think Sabine was told that their shields are down. Now in the in the movies, even in the books, shields down is bad. That means one shot, you could that could kill you. You know, it could be a fatal, you know, a fatal shot. They treat it with like, eh. And I'm not exaggerating. I watched these, I went back and revisited some of these episodes, and it's just true. They've kind of just, everyone, okay, perfect example. Ezra, apparently, when he, when he uh, kind of fought Thrawn, and they ended up on the, on the far end of the galaxy where no one's really has traveled that far, other than, you know, like the Night Sisters, um, he's gone for 10 years. Ten years, and from what I understand, because I, I had to do a little reading about uh, I, about who Ezra was as a character, which I shouldn't have to fucking do. It should be able to tell enough of a story to where I would give a shit. I shouldn't have to go and research who he was to Ahsoka and Sabine, but but here we are. Um, he was gone for ten years there. And there's a scene where Sabine is telling him uh, what has happened. Because since he was gone, you know, the Empire fell, Darth Vader's dead. Because this is during, you know, 
New Hope that run not New Hope but uh like uh right after uh, uh Return of the Jedi. This is five years after Return of the Jedi. And uh so but he's been gone like ten years. And so he's she's telling him all this stuff that happens and his reply so you know, you basically you fought this major villain to the far ends of space. You guys are stranded there. You've managed to stay alive even though he's tried to kill you for the last ten years. You meet your friend who has seen you, hasn't seen you, and and she's there to rescue you. And she tells you about all this stuff that was going down since you were gone. This life changing shit. So you, so your your whole your whole sacrifice was was not in vain. You know, the empire did fall. Vader is dead. You know you would think he'd have some kind of emotional response to this and i shit you not his response is oh that's that's cool what is this like the show it there's certain things about it that are really cool and there's shit like that that just pulls me right out of it and it's just not the writing isn't great and the show isn't great there's some cool characters, there's some cool things about it, but I, I, you know, I kept telling myself it's going to get better, and it really hasn't gotten that much better. It's just not bad, but it's just okay. But there's just a lot of this shit with character development that's just not there, and you shouldn't have to fucking read up on these characters to wonder why you should give a shit. It, it, this is, you know, people say, well, it's catered to, it's, it's Star Wars fans. Yes and no. No fucking company wants to make less money. They want to broaden their watching, their 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 viewing base. So they're going to tell stories. And don't tell me it's impossible. Because they're going to tell stories that everyone can enjoy. People who've never heard of it or seen or read anything about the shows. Uh, and, and people who are diehard fans. Marvel does it all the time. I mean, I've read all those books that you know, the Infinity War, War was based on. The Infinity War was totally different uh, motivation behind Thanos versus what we saw in the movies. But they gave you, they told a good story, and it made it actually a little bit better because his reasoning for for you know, wanting to kill half the population was really dumb in the comics. But they actually made it something that you know makes sense. And and more plausible, and it was easier to follow. And people, you know, I watched it with people that I've never read any comics, and they knew exactly what was going on. They cared for the characters. They, I just felt this this show does not do that. Ahsoka does not fucking do it. So, so you know, slight spoiler for the end. The last uh, the there's again, like I said in the past, there's some cool stuff about. Um, uh, Ahsoka, but this last episode where everyone is just, you know, basically Sabine and Ahsoka are stranded where they went to go get Ezra, and Ezra is free. That's another fucking thing that just really pisses me off. This is a visual medium, and it's part of show business, which is you show, not tell. This isn't this isn't fucking Ahsoka the audiobook. This is Ahsoka the TV show. Ezra manages to get away on. Thrawn's ship on the on his uh, star destroyer and get away. 
uh, he ends up having to leave Sabine and Ahsoka behind. Uh, you get to the scene where there's a scene where he goes to Hera's uh, ship and all her, you know, all her people, and it's a, it's a not a Tie Fighter, but it's a, it's a, you know, it's a Imperial ship, and they all draw down, and he flies in, and they, you know, they do this real dramatic, you know, the stormtrooper comes out with his helmet on, and and you're like, you know, they all the guns are drawn, and he pulls his helmet off, and it's Ezra, and everyone's supposed to be like, oh, it's Ezra, yay! One, why in the fuck would you get out of the ship with your fucking helmet on? Any other show or movie where, like, fucking Luke and Han, when they put their... The second they can, they take the helmets off because they're not part of that, and they don't want anyone to mistake them for that. But it is just cooler if he comes out of the ship with his helmet on, then takes it off, and it reveals that it's, it's just fucking dumb. It's fuck. You're already coming up in an Imperial ship, and you, it's, a, it's a fucking... Miracle you didn't get just shot out of the fucking, into space. So you're going to come out with your helmet on too? It's just fucking dumb. It's just fucking stupid. It makes me, it just angers me. It's just lazy and fucking, they're doing it just because it'll be cool, not because it'll make any fucking sense that he would do something like that. It's just, ugh. You know, the more I talk about it, the more the show angers me. Oh, uh, and another thing about it, um, uh, God, I lost, I was, went on that star, uh, on that uniform, uh, stormtrooper rant, and I forgot my original point. I'm sorry, folks, this is what you get when it's just me. <laughs> um, oh, God, I forgot the point I was going to make. Well, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to move on. Enough, Ahsoka just okay. I'm sure Evan likes it a little more. Well, you know, when we talk to him next week about it, see what he thinks, but it's just okay. I'll watch season two if it happens. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to race to see the movie when it comes out because it's based on I already hate one of the characters. They don't really want to tell you a story that involves you that if you haven't done all this shit all this homework beforehand, which is fucking annoying. So, I don't know. I'm just... I don't know. Um, I saw this weekend The Creator. Um, now, I'll give a quick synopsis, but if anyone's seen the... the you know, it's uh, against the backdrop of a war between humans and robots with artificial intelligence, a former soldier finds a secret weapon a robot in the form of a young child. Now, I'm not going to give a ton away, but I I did not... When you look at the trailer for this movie, you think that you're going to see a lot of action, a lot of robots versus humans, and it there is that element, and you do see some of that, but I was not expecting the movie that I got. Um, what's cool about the creator is that... Uh, so what basically I'll give a slight spoiler the, the world uses AI they have like robots and they the robots are like a class of they're almost like uh, second class citizens and 
around the globe. Some countries treat them better than others, but this they're they're, they're like second class citizens basically. It's really an allegory on colonialism and racism, but uh, the world uses AI with the exception of the U.S. because um, the AI accidentally nuked uh, Los Angeles, killing like uh, a million and a half people. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, so they outlawed all AI. But all the other countries are not only still using AI, they're making all these technological advances with AI. So AI is literally like a class of people. And um, the U.S. is at war with this AI. They're just kind of going across the globe exterminating like camps and stuff. So there's this war going on. And John David Washington plays like this agent that got in deep with, with the resistance that was helping the AI. He was uh, He was undercover. And he ended up having... Like, uh, he ended up marrying this woman that was a key person in the, in the group and she was pregnant and, uh, she ended up, uh, dying and then he, uh, you know, fast forward five years later and he's like bitter and, you know, they give him this, you know, they, they you know, we want you to go on one more, you know, that typical, that old chestnut, we want you to go on one more mission because you're the best. No one has ever gotten this far and, you know, that kind of a thing. So he gets in and then, you know, what you end up getting is kind of a long lone wolf and cub story. Because uh, it's just, he finds this AI that is like evolving as this little girl AI, Alfie, that he names Alfie. And, uh... And uh, he has to get her to us, you know, to some people so they can kind of reverse engineer her and find out what her, because she's like a weapon. She's like, she will, they said, you know, if you get a hold of her, this will end the war. And it's true. She, what she can do will end the war. But the U, the you know, the U.S. wants, wants it to end in their favor, obviously. And, um. It's just, you, he's trying to get her to point A to point B without, you know, being hunted by AI and by people. And it's just, and keep quiet. And it's just like, but the story that you get is real, like real sweet, touching. I dare say it's a bit of a tearjerker towards the end. Now, I didn't cry but if it went on for 10 more minutes, maybe I would have shed a tear. It was it was like a very sad movie and, and at the very end. And um, what was funny uh, is that when my daughter and I saw it with my daughter, saw it with Eloise, and when we left the theater, she had to go to the bathroom. So I'm waiting uh, you know, outside the restrooms for her to come out, and people are filing out of the movie, and... The lady was with her boyfriend, and she was just like, I can't believe how sad it was. This is so sad. And then she's like, she looks at me, and she's like, did you, were you in that movie? And I was like, yeah. She's like, what did you think? I was like, well, I went in for robot death, and then, you know, I didn't, I didn't come here to get, get into my feelings, but it was really good. And she's like, I know. So we, the three of us start talking, then two more people came out. Then a couple more people came out of the bathroom, out of the men's room, and we were all None of us know each other. We're all in the movie, 
And there was like 12 of us. By the time Eloise came out, she was like, what the hell's going on here? So we're all talking about just how sad the movie was. But it's a beautiful look at it. It's well shot. And here's the crazy thing. Uh, when you see this, if you see this movie, uh, keep in mind, they used consumer-grade cameras. Uh, because they were in they were in a lot of countries and they wanted there there's some tight spots in certain scenes. Every camera that they used, they got at Best Buy. <laughs> I mean, and this is a big production. It's not like some little movie. But this director does shit like this. Um, Gareth Edwards, uh, he also directed uh, Rogue One. He did Rogue One. He. Uh, he did Godzilla, but the movie that really put him on the map was Monsters. It came out in like 2010, and there was a hurricane that tore through a city, and he used that backdrop, that destruction, uh, and told a story about like like you know like kaiju's were real, and uh, monsters were real, and they were sweeping through the cities. So it looks like this big production. With you know with all this destroyed cities, but he just used what was already there and filmed around it, which is fucking genius. Anyway, that movie got him Godzilla, and then Godzilla got him Rogue One, and Rogue One got him this movie. Um, but the movie is beautiful to look at, very sad, but very good. Strongly recommend it. Um, the creator. So, um, I want to talk about Bear, Loki, Jinvi. Yeah, it's, you know, I want to just keep it to that. Um, This is really about what I've been watching, I guess, this whole episode. But uh, I'm going to break from me for a change to go to me and Audra for the segment of the Horror Corner. So we talk about the movie we watched, uh, which was uh, uh, No One Will Save You. Um, and then when that's over, we'll come back to this, and I'll tell you some trailers that I watched I want to of uh, what, what's coming that I want to see, and we'll call it a day. Hello, welcome to the Horror Corner. I'm Damon. <laughs> and I'm the girl your mama warned you about, Audra. <laughs> and today's uh this week's movie is no one will save you um i'll read a quick synopsis and then we'll get into it an exiled anxiety-ridden homebody must battle an alien who's found its way into her home um <laughs> that's really okay yeah yeah, it's just it's just what it was, I guess. And we're, um, and we're not doing spoilers because these are new movies, just right? These so are, everybody, these are, yeah, yeah. Everything we do this this month, there are movies that are either out this month or just out. Like this just came to Hulu uh, a week a week ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, right out the gate, I'm just uh, I'm just gonna say. I really like this one. I really I, liked it. I like it. Um, I have a couple things to say. Um, basically, my take is Close Encounters meets Body Snatchers and Tommy, Tommy Knockers. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's a little bit of all those. Yeah, I don't care for the ending. But well, I, I love the, the rest it, of it. The ending was definitely unexpected for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of, I mean, we, yeah, we don't want to give any spoilers, but 
the ending isn't what I expected at all. No. And uh, I, I kind of like that it took that, that chance. It didn't give me a traditional ending or what I expected. I can respect the fact that it's like, oh, I didn't even see that as an option. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I love, and you know I'm a freak, I love the psychological thriller, and I love the movies with little to no dialogue, and there is no dialogue in this entire film. There is, yeah, probably between all the characters, less than a paragraph of dialogue. Yeah. I mean, you, you get a few a word here or there, but no one speaks and it's yet you know exactly what's happening yeah and i gotta say at 11 minutes and 31 seconds freaked me the fuck out and that takes some doing yeah it doesn't waste a lot of time it gives you a little bit of setup mm-hmm. and then it just starts going I- and uh for a big portion of it uh, you're following your um your main character uh bryn uh, in a house by herself, she's kind of a shut-in, and uh, you don't see another person for about yeah for about fifteen minutes. minutes. Yeah, and the one thing that it, it took me a minute. It is not a period piece, but at no, first, I thought it was because I thought she it had was the too. rotary phone on the wall. She had the rotary phone. Her clothes are a little uh, she's early eighties. She's one of those retro millennial gals. Yeah, but the minute, because uh, I watched this with my daughter, and uh, we were like, she's like, oh, this is a period piece. And I was like, yeah, I didn't realize that. And then there's a scene where she goes into town, and then and then you, well, when soon as she gets to her car, I yeah. was like, oh, it's an older model, but it's not it's not from the 80s. In fact, it's, it's, from, it's, the it's, early, about, it's from the early 2000s. Yeah, it's about, a, about 2008 to 10 Subaru. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, and her mother's gravestone said 1972 to 2019 so her mom's yeah. your age yeah you know. yeah yeah so it was like uh oh okay so this is a modern tale yep order <laughs> sorry about that it's um, all right um yeah i i it was uh was not what i expected um there is an alien invasion i mean it's that's it's very apparent on the uh in the title and then if you you know see the 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 movie cover it's it's definitely alien invasion and uh this is a slight spoiler the alien design or the grays right but various forms various forms of grays that's what i was going to say you it's they they there's different classes of grays and uh Somehow they had managed to make them feel very, very threatening. All of them. Yeah. Even the little ones. Yeah. Even, even the especially ones. the little ones. Yeah. Oh, they're vicious I mean, little fuckers. But the, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, the ending, I didn't, didn't dislike it. I, I, it was very unexpected, but um, I really like this. I was, I like this movie more than I thought I would. <laughs> I like it because I'm going to say like the, when I started watching it, it was about 11 o'clock at night and you know whatever how many horror movies have we watched right right and and we are we know where the jump scares are going to be where the creepy stuff just but we know where it's going to happen and i'm sitting there watching it and like like i said i even wrote it down 11 minutes and 31 seconds it freaked me out my cat jumped off off the couch oh really okay (laughs) yeah she jumped up off the couch because i had it turned up because you know surround sound right and she jumped off off the couch and i was like okay 
I have to, I just felt that adrenaline, you know, that adrenaline feel you get when there's like something creepy. Right. And I'm like, God, I got to go to bed in about two hours. (laughs) I really, I actually, you know, cause it's 11, 1130 at night. I'm like, I got to go to bed by two, (laughs) please. We can't have this. So I turned it off, turned it back on the next morning, finished it and never had another like, Oh, okay. But I got to say, I hand it to it. I don't get creeped out that, especially by aliens. I don't get creeped out like that. So I got to give it that. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, this this director, Brian Duffield, he uh, this is his directorial debut, uh, but he's written quite a few movies. He's written some movies, uh, other movies that I actually really like, like um, Underwater uh, that had, uh, oh, what is that girl from the Twilight movies? Uh, Christian Stewart. That mm-hmm. was uh, that was pretty good. Uh, a movie, another movie I did not think I would like, and uh, I ended up watching it and really liking it a lot. Uh, Love and Monsters. Oh yeah, I love Love and Monsters. I, I thought yeah. that was very good. He even yeah. uh, and he also wrote The Babysitter. Now I read, mm-hmm. uh, well no, The Babysitter. It was a Netflix movie about the babysitter who was part of a cult. Mm-hmm. I, that was a lot of fun. The, the the second one was okay, but I really liked that first one. Um, but yeah, all in all, this was a fun movie. It and, was fun, uh, and the and the special effects were really good. Yeah, you could tell you could tell a little bit was shot day for night, but it wasn't so dark you couldn't see anything. It wasn't like Game of Thrones season eight dark, right? You right. know, but it was dark. I mean, most of it happens at night. Yeah, big chunk of it is at night. Yeah, and the it it wasn't crappy CG. We're ta- not talking any Scorpion King level CG. It was really well done. Yeah, I really like it. And I yeah, again, if you're one of those folks who doesn't care for have you know low dialogue, the aliens do talk a whole bunch. So yeah, <laughs> you don't know what they're saying, but they talk. They talk a whole bunch. So. But yes, um, I really liked it, and uh, I recommend it. Uh, oh, the guy also wrote, uh, he also produced and co-wrote Cocaine Bear, which was a fun movie. Oh, I have not watched that yet. It's you in my should, queue. You should check I know. it out. It's, it's in my queue. I will get to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a trip. Um, but uh, yeah, that is uh, No One Will Save You. Uh, next week, I don't know yet. Uh I'll talk to you later, Audrey, about what we do. I'll let you know probably sometime tonight, but I don't know. I have, I a, have a couple of suggestions, too. So. Oh, I'll be well. I'm willing to hear them. All One right, of them folks. may make you groan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, then I'm not doing it. <laughs> but but, we'll, uh, but we'll, we'll, we will have a movie for sure next week, folks. Uh, this is the Horror Corner. We'll go back to our regularly scheduled Black Nerd Radio podcast. Thank you. And we're back. Uh, I I lied. I uh, I'll talk about. Uh, there's one more show I watched. I f- totally forgot about, uh, and that's Loki. Loki season two. It uh, opened, and I don't know if you remember the end of season one. Basically, it was kind of an Empire Strikes Back ending. Uh, Kane, the Conqueror, pretty much. Uh, took over all the timelines and it's uh and there's no Kane in this episode but uh the results of him taking over uh, you know the whole episode was basically 
Loki being split between three different timelines and him trying to get to the one, his timeline, and working with the TSA. It's it's a uh, it's a pretty good start to uh, of the of all the Marvel sh- TV shows. Loki was my favorite. I thought it was. I really got into it. it was, I liked it more than I thought I would. And this was a pretty decent, although a little disjointed because it's kind of confusing. You kind of forgot. It's been so long since the last episode or since the last season. I kind of forgot some of the stuff that went on. So, um, yeah, I, so far so good. Let me just say that. Um. Uh, two trailers, uh, both ended up being for Netflix shows. Uh, Leave the World Behind with Julia Roberts, Mahershala, Al- Mar- Mahershala Ali, um, Ethan Hunt. Um, Ethan Hunt. Jesus. Um, not Ethan Hunt. Um, what's his name? Um, God damn it. Um, uh, Ethan Hawk, Ethan Hunt. That's that's uh, what's it? God damn it's Mission Impossible. Ethan Hawk. <laughs> um, anyway, Mahershala, Mah- Mah- oh god, Mahershala Ali and his wife uh, Miang La. I, I'm not even gonna pretend to pronounce that right, so I'm just gonna skip it. His wife. They uh, he's like some kind of a tech guy. And Ethan Hawke and Julia Roberts are on vacation with their family, and they knock on a door late at night and introduce themselves and ask if they take refuge there because something is coming. And it was the total collapse of... Uh, what well, Apparently what's coming is a total collapse of, um, of uh, all technology, almost like an EMP is going to go off and render the world in the dark. And he predicts this, and at least this is what what I'm gathering from the trailer. So he's predicted it, and it is coming to pass. Uh, the other, the other uh, trailer is Emily Blunt and Chris Evans and Pain Hustlers, and this is like a lot like um, there's a a movie that came out with Matthew Broderick. Um, I forget the name of it, but it was about. Uh, the uh, opium ep- epidemic and how it all came to be and how it started in Florida and kind of worked its way across the globe, across the country. Uh, this seems to be a couple of people exploiting that era. It looks good. I'm not going to get into it, but both are Netflix shows, both are movies, both uh, coming out in November. Um, I'm going to go now, I guess. So uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, hopefully with you know, with more Evan and I, or Marcel and I, or, well, just, we'll just see you next week, regardless of what happens. Bye.